an art, a science. Valuations can be complex and mysterious, but at Bizval we just don't think that needs to be the case anymore. We believe that if you can answer a set of straightforward questions about your financial performance and the prospects of your business, then you can get an accurate estimation of the value of what you've built. For those who want an extra touch, our concierge service is still incredibly affordable and it gives you direct access to our expertise. Now in many cases our valuations cost less than 10% of what you would pay elsewhere for a professional services firm. And best of all, we usually get to a similar answer. Visit bizval.co where you'll quickly learn that we value your company. Welcome to this episode of the Bizwell Podcast. It's really good to have you here. And we use this podcast to chat to real-world entrepreneurs who have used the platform or just gotten to know us through Bizwell. And they've built businesses in a country where, let's face it, it's not the easiest thing to do. And sometimes you end up building a business to address one of the issues that the country is facing. And that's, I think, what makes you know greenhouse energy so interesting. So, Craig Herbst, Graham Jones, welcome to what I believe is your guys' first ever podcast appearance. So, a nice first for you. And uh, we're certainly excited to have you here. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's a pleasure. So, I think the first question I have to ask you, because this is something that I'm personally very interested in, because I've done this before myself a few times with varying degrees of success and failure, starting a business with a friend is not easy. And if I read the story on the website, it sounds like that has been the case here. So I'm just curious, you know, going all the way back to when you started this thing, how did you make it work starting the business as friends? Because I think the biggest issue is in any business, you need to learn how to disagree, right? And kind of move on from that. So I'm very curious what your experiences have been starting a business as mates you know, whose idea was it? Was it tough to persuade the other? And how long did it take until that first argument, which must have happened? Yeah, it's a very good question. You know, we uh, we managed to uh, to have very robust discussions. Let's put it that way. You know, to be to be kind. Um, it's the, the politically bit. correct way to say a structured fight. Yes, exactly right. So yeah, it was um, it was quite some years ago. Uh, we were. Uh, wondering what to do with our lives. I was coming out of corporate. Uh, Craig was still in a corporate position and he was in his spare time uh, doing some uh, some interesting research and assistance to friends. I, you know, I thought, you know, in the energy space. And I said, well, this is, and we're talking some 14, 15 years ago. So this is really uh, where we should be. This is the thing of the future. And uh, it took us well, a year or so to uh, to get our our act together, you know, for Craig to get in the same space as I was, uh, and me to get in the same space as he was, and uh, we we took it forward and, and didn't look back. Um, certainly, I think early days the the fact that we were friends was a plus. We had a tiny little uh, two man bucky. That, uh, that we had traveled all over the, the country in, which was uh, very uncomfortable. And, and uh, we were you know, very shoulder to shoulder. And uh, we'd go and apply our, our, our trade and our knowledge to, uh, to people as far as Cape Town and, and uh, around, around Gauteng. Once you've road tripped the entire N1 in a two-man bucky, if you had any differences you need to sort out, I feel like you've solved them long, long before Bloemfontein, let alone... <laughs> you know some of the prettier parts. No, tr yeah, trust me. Um, with with without aircon, definitely an aggravating factor. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, picking up from from where Graham's left off there, I think uh, if we had to describe our relationship um, now after all of these years, 
it's probably evolved beyond beyond a friendship and is probably as close to a marriage as would make our wives uncomfortable. Um, and I think, you know, you, you hinted at it, um, you have to learn how to fight. And and I think we do that well. Um, we, we've kind of come from a from a background of combat as it happens one of the one of the things that uh, that actually uh, we did together before we started this business was to train karate but I think bringing it into the into the business environment um, you know we we do refrain from physical violence most of the time but importantly yeah but importantly just just like a married couple um, you've got to be able to get the stuff out and deal with it and I think that's been one of our one of our success stories is that we have never kept um, any issues of, of difference bottled up and are absolutely able to go go at hammer and tongs um, and get stuff resolved. So, I mean, that's been absolutely key. Yeah, I think, oh, well done. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, throughout our business as well, we've always looked at people, uh, like-minded people, and you know, people like us. Uh, you know, we have to have, and we have to have had similar values. And that's something that we've shared. So we, we have a very... While we might have a different approach or a different idea, uh, we have very similar values and, and those will not be compromised. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think when you start a business with a friend, you need to go into it knowing your relationship with that person is going to change. It's either going to get weirdly strong, which it sounds like what's happened here, or it's going to ruin your friendship. Those are kind of the two outcomes. I think it's quite difficult. If it's just someone you know socially, that is very different to starting a business. You know, Talking about the rugby around the bra is not the same as hammering out next month's budget and what happens when this cash flow is late and how dare you get that run. And yeah, so, you know, I think that's important advice for anyone thinking about this kind of thing. Yeah, no, we've, we've had to accept the fact that uh, the Craig is going to be making mistakes, you know, and, uh, and we deal with them. Exactly. At least one of you has to make mistakes of some kind or another. So speaking of people in the business, and you've kind of alluded to it, people who share your values, et cetera, and that is super, super important. So in my life as the finance ghost, it's very much a one-man band in most of what I do. I'm starting to bring people into the business, and it's been hard because it's figuring out what you can scale, like what can you outsource? I think the big problem as an entrepreneur is you, you've kind of built this thing from scratch, so you know how to do everything in the business, and you have to learn which pieces to start to let go because otherwise you can never grow. The only finite resource in this world is time. So how long did it take before you guys had graduated from rubbing shoulders all the way down the N1 through to actually having you know, a team of people? And I'm sure you bumped your head along the way with either the wrong people or just not getting the structure quite right. For us, we approached this as, uh, as how can we address problems? So having engineering type of mind, uh, it was about rather than product focused, it was, it was more solution centric. And to give up that position, to have somebody else come in and do that work, where we knew that we could, uh, you know, any good or bad quality was as a result of what we did. It was a very tough thing to do. And to give up and delegate stuff to, uh, to staff was very tricky. And like, um, as you allude to anybody uh, who goes through this sort of process, we've had uh, uh, good and um, you know, better and worse uh, employees. We've managed to prevail and uh, a lot of fantastic people have, have come through or are still with our organization. And we're very proud of that. Uh, we've had one or two that uh, we've had to move on as, uh, as expeditiously as possible, but the overall we have been blessed with really good people 
So guys, every business has had tough decisions along the way. And entrepreneurs sometimes need to jump into a dark hole. They don't necessarily know what the landing is going to look like on the other side. Any examples that come to mind of that sort of experience for you on this journey? Yeah, that, that's um, it's ab- absolutely apt. Um, yeah, around, around the end of, of 2018, we, we were analyzing um, our business and trying to understand you know, what was making us money, what was exposing us to risk, etc., and the scary conclusion that we arrived at was that there was actually a, a pretty small portion of our business that was relatively profitable and where we f- saw future potential and that being the, the power side of things, which is where we are today. Um, but at that point in time, around 60 or 70% of what we were doing, um, and, and, and it was a business stream that was really guaranteed and coming to us on a recurring basis, uh, did really not look like the kind of line that we wanted to be in. Um, and we literally took a decision uh, at the end of 2018 to walk away from about 60% of, of what we had been doing historically. And that was pretty terrifying. Um, yeah, that is very brave. Very, very yeah, brave indeed. But yeah, in, in, in retrospect, it certainly has paid the dividends. Um, there, was, there was no second guessing. And, and I guess we were fortunate in terms of timing and circumstance because uh, you know, it, was, it was right uh, at a time when, when load shedding became uh, particularly prevalent and um, demand for, for what we were doing was, was fortunately strong. And yeah, so um, we never looked back and we, we've really built on that. But yeah, at the time, it, it really did take a couple of, uh, of soul-searching moments, and uh, it, was a, it was a pretty scary beginning to, to 2019 going in. And, and, and something as well, which we weren't used to, was telling customers that we uh, were no longer able to offer them what they'd got from us in the past. Um, that, was, that was a skill that we needed to learn. 100%. Turning down money is one of the hardest things for an entrepreneur to get his or her head around, without a doubt. Well, certainly for me in the in the sales position, if you like, you know that was just uh, that was soul destroying, you know. But it was absolutely the right right decision. But it can be tough to uh, to make a decision like that, you know, to uh, to give up that certainty um, was was uh, was a, was a scary thing. I can believe it. Very very brave and well done. I mean, it certainly has you know paid off for you guys. You know, the, the, the people in Silicon Valley with perfect facial hair would call that a pivot. But I think um, when you're not running a, a sort of tech app startup, then it's just called real life, where sometimes you have to make these tough decisions when you've been in business for a long time and react to a change in the market or in products or in demand or whatever it is and make brave choices. People forget how hard that is. You know, everyone looks at a successful business owner and goes, oh, that's easy. Look at all that money. I could do that. But very few people understand what's actually happened in the background to get there. Many people come to us and say, oh, well, you know, you're so lucky to be in this business. Uh, and that probably is true now. Uh, but the decision and the decisions were taken many years ago. And it's been years of some really hard slog, you know, to, to make sure that we've established ourselves technically, incredibly, and uh, just reputationally uh, in, the, uh, in the sector. So, you know, people do come to us and do uh, understand our value proposition. So it's... It's not being without, uh, without a lot of work. Luck is part of it, but at the end of the day, it takes a lot, of, a lot of tough decisions along the way as well. So one of the things, talking about your product, which I noticed on the website, which is quite cool, is these Tesla power walls. I was just curious, how much demand are you seeing for these in South Africa? Because it's quite a high-end solution. I don't know to what extent you're willing to chat about that, but you know, how many houses now are ending up with these things attached? 
Yeah, there's there's incredibly strong demand, and 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 this is, you know, why we find ourselves not only focusing and 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 redirecting our business into strictly the power sphere, but in the power space, focusing exclusively in the in the high end and premium uh, end of the market. Um, Tesla Powerwall is pitched exactly there, and it's got a pretty unique value proposition in that it's 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 it's, it's a very elegant, sexy solution, um, and that clearly um, appeals to to a very specific uh, clientele. There's there's absolutely no shortage of, um, of of customers looking to to invest and spend money on good quality product and service behind the behind the scenes, um, and so yeah, this is this is very much where you know the back on which we've grown our business has been premium product like Powerwall. It's super interesting because if you can get it right, going premium is a very good way to build a business. Technically, it it, it should result in good margins over time. It results in a high end client base, and it gives you a little bit of defense against economic downturns because in reality the people who can afford tesla power walls can probably also afford a tesla power wall even if the markets take a dive or the economy is not so great it's a nice place to be indeed no you were talking about that uh, the market sector on one of your uh, on one of your um, sessions the other day it is very much a focus of ours to be in the differentiated and, and premium sector as opposed to the uh, the, the cost-cutting uh, lower lower end of the sector, where we just don't see that as, as being sustainable. Um, you know, one of the one of the major things that we focused on is being having a relationship, but a, and longevity with clients. So we are here over a significant time to support people, and we just can't do it if we're trying to uh, to play in the uh, in the cut rate game. Uh, where you know everybody's going to cut the price and, and nobody's going to be there to support the, the client going forward. You don't want to be in a race to zero. That's not a fun... That's even less fun than having a tough race at Kailami. Craig, I think you are unfortunately <laughs> in a particularly good place to comment on that. Um, I, know, I know your interests lie in motorsport. Graham, do you share that interest or, or are you into other things? Not at all. I managed to, uh, to navigate from home to business uh, um, almost adequately, but uh, that's about <laughs> it. So. so funnily enough, Biswal is kind of born out of people who have an interest in motorsport. That's how I met uh, my Graham, because both businesses happen to have a Graham involved. I met him karting at Kalani, and um, funnily enough, that's not how Graham and Howard met, but Howard is also into his motorsport. So there's a, there's a strong percentage of motorsport enthusiasts involved in this thing. I'm not sure how that ended up happening, but... You know, that is ultimately ultimately where we are. So I guess there's one more thing I want to to touch on. And you know, it's so interesting with where you guys are in your in your journeys. You must be only a handful of people who get very excited when the ESCOMS to push app hits us with, you know, stage four hundred and twelve B, which means you have no power ever. For you guys, that's uh, that's that's what's driving demand, right? And it's not going to get any better with ESCOM. It's probably going to get worse. So the reality is this is this is where the, the people need their own infrastructure. And I fear that water is not too far away. I see that's already kind of happening in Joburg. So these are just the realities of South Africa. But, you know, in that context and with where you see the growth and everything else and to the extent you are willing to comment publicly, you know, what are your views on, it can be generic or on this one, it can, you know, what are your views on building a business for sale potentially at some point in time or creating a sustainable income for yourselves? Or is it a phased thing? Do you find it starts out as we need to cover our bills and over time you, you wake up one morning and you go, hey, hang on, we might actually have something we can sell one day. You know, it's, it's very much the latter for us. Um, you know, we, we entered this game 13 years ago um, with, with some of the, 
some of the myths front of mind, like, um, you know, it'll take you about three years to, to get on your feet. And after that, you know, sky's the limit. And we found ourselves a decade down the track, still very much in survival mode, really working, working our backsides off, trying to get ahead and not really sure um, what, what kind of an asset we were, we were building. And it's only, it's only in recent years that um, not only has our focus shifted dramatically to the, to the end game, uh, but our um, our excitement about uh, realizing that we have actually built um, a very significant business for ourselves here, um, and that th that has actually uh, come to reality. So you know, this is now what what occupies um, Graham and my time. Um, you know, we we have we have managed to make the shift between the working in the business to the working on the business. Um, uh, mindset and um, and it's and it's fun and it, it, it's really exciting and empowering um, and you know partnering with uh, with guys like yourselves at Bisval um, to to understand where we're at you know it's a, it's a, it's the ultimate metric is what is our business worth um, and then understanding what levers we need to pull to to absolutely maximize that so yeah we're we're, we're getting on um, Graham had his 60th birthday this year I've uh, I'm a couple of years behind him. And, um, you know, but both of us have got uh, no ambition to, to be slaving away unnecessarily. You know, we, we have a lot of fun at this game, but we also want to be able to go and uh, enjoy our freedom and our, and our retirement at some point. So, um, yeah, building, building the business to be an asset to, to look after us in our, in our twilight years is, is now first and foremost in our minds. Yeah, I'd like to perhaps add that it's something that we recently come to uh, to be focused on is, is is exactly that you know making sure that this is the the asset of value that we would really like to uh, to see but we didn't start out that way and certainly any you know advice to anybody starting a, a concern a business is perhaps think about um, an end game you know we didn't we we got into business to uh, to do what we were doing and uh, we, we hadn't really thought, you know, what about 10 years, uh, 15 years down the road? And uh, it's, uh, it's been a great journey, uh, but it could have been perhaps um, in a little more, more focused along the way. Hindsight always perfect, that's for sure. I love that comment of going from working in the business to working on the business. I've actually never heard that before. And it puts it so eloquently, it's brilliant. Um, Craig, we may have to steal that as a blog topic one day and just credit you accordingly and put a picture of a Tesla Powerwall at the bottom. It certainly doesn't belong to me. Yeah, whoever, I mean, it is. But it's, it's actually so good in terms of just describing the exact journey that so many entrepreneurs actually go on. I love it. It's fantastic. So, chaps, I think just, just wrapping up, you know, because you guys are busy, everyone's busy, and the people listening to this are in all likelihood entrepreneurs, and they too are busy. I was wondering if you each have any last thoughts to leave with someone listening to this who might be in a tough space where they're kind of wondering what they're waking up in the morning for to actually do this. Yeah, I've probably got two things I would say. The first is that um, if, if you find it tougher than you expected, you're probably um, in good company um, and you've just got to keep your head down and keep going. The second thing, though, is, is you really do need to choose your frame of mind um, and, and to decide to, to make it fun. Um, and despite the fact that it's full of challenges, uh, you know, I think one of the things with, that gets Graham and I up every morning and coming to work is that this is, this is for us fun. And we enjoy getting into the office and interacting and, um, you know, and, and, and literally trying to have fun building this business. And if you can do that, then, then I think uh, it, it's a great process. 
Yeah, from my side, I think you know that I was going to say the, uh, the the fun angle is is very important. You know, I don't want to be here as a, and I don't want any of our client uh, our staff to be here on a, a grudge basis. I want people to be here who want to be here, and we want to be here. Uh, we're having fun. We try to make it somewhat lighthearted. You know, there are always the the difficult business decisions and uh, and stuff that needs to be done, but it. It can be done lightheartedly and, and in, a, in a pleasant way. The, uh, I think the other thing is just uh, you've got to have you've got to have your values and stick with values um, and don't compromise what it is that uh, that you you want to achieve. I think that's all really sound advice, guys. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing these insights with other, you know, Bizval listeners, users of the platform, etc. Thank you for trying out the platform. I hope you learned something from it and, and, and got something you can use going forward. And we certainly hope you'll do it again as you carry on on this journey. So thank you very much for your time. All the best. And to our listeners, if you are tired of load shedding, then visit Greenhouse Energy. Go and check out their website. You've heard from the guys. You know how they operate. It's a proper business. And I think there are probably a lot of sharks out there at the moment who have kind of come into this industry because it's opportunistic. So it's really good to speak to people who have been in it for a long time because it just gives that sense of credibility and experience that any of these kind of hot industries at the moment seem to lack. So congrats, guys. Well done, well done on building what you've built and all the best for the rest of load shedding, a.k.a. sadly, the next decade. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, appreciate the interaction. Thank you.